it's pod day and you know what that means or well maybe you don't since this is the very first episode of super elite party the aew podcast where we will elite delete or mid each section of dynamite and talk about news and stuff from everything aew for the week i want to start off this first episode talking about dynamite as it was incredible this week uh i really think from from start to finish we open up with a shot of the man in the box. I don't know when we will finally get to open this wonderful gift, but I definitely cannot wait. We quickly pan from audience to the f- first match, which is Roosh versus Mox. I really wish somebody could explain to me why this match happened. This is, I know I just said this ma- <laughs> this show was great from beginning to end, but stick with me. The match was good. I just don't understand why it happened. Tony is adamant that rankings matter, but Roosh is nowhere to be seen on AEW's official rankings, yet is getting a title match. Mox just had another title match with, with somebody that wasn't in the top contenders. I don't know. It's Rankings seem to matter only when Tony wants them to, but is adamant that they matter all the time. So just, I don't know, just figure it out. Either way... The match ended up being great. We we knew the outcome from the get-go. Of course, Mox wins. He wins by submission. I, I feel like the match was just a way to get Mox on screen to have Jericho come out and interrupt his party. The moment Moxley wins, jazz music hits. One of the little jabronis comes out, says some words on the microphone, and really just kind of poops the bed. And then Anna Jay, who is for whatever reason, not with Dark Order anymore, is now with Jazz, and also just, just absolutely poops all over the microphone, not in a good way. I'm not sure how that could be a good way, but I digress. <laughs> um, thankfully, Jericho quickly takes over on the mic and saves this weird, awkward segment to lay out a challenge to Mox, saying that it's his time for a rematch for the title. And I 100% agree. This this needs to happen. This is very exciting. Um, rambling on about his gimmicks and all that stuff. And Mox cuts him off and says, look, I want this match. I don't want this BS crap that you're doing with the uh, all sorts of trademark names or whatever. And your sports entertainment. I want the Jericho of old the old school Lionheart bring that and you've got your match and oh my goodness that's exciting uh Jericho has even since tweeted that he's going to bring back uh one of his entrance themes from years and years ago and he's not saying which one yet but there are a lot of good ones to choose from there's white zombie in there there's poison uh personally kind of hoping for unskinny bop because I mean that's that's just weird and kind of kind of fun. So I don't know that that's gonna be great. We end this segment with all of that excitement to pan over to the announcement table where three belts are on display. And shocker of shocks, it's the trios belts that we've been hearing about for what seems like two years or so. We all knew they were coming. I guess this is exciting. The first. Trios champs will be crowned at the next pay-per-view. Neat, um, I guess. I don't know. 
I it, it's starting to feel like there's just too many belts in AEW, especially with Ring of Honor being involved. Um, it does feel like Tony's mission is to make sure that everyone on the roster has a belt, because all participants deserve a prize, except for Danhausen, who is only there to be squashed. But that's just jumping ahead a little teeny tiny bit. So, Roosh versus Mox, eh, mid, just because why did it exist? The Mox Jericho segment, I'm also going to have to give it a mid, because Jericho and Mox good, the rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society didn't need to be on the mic for this, and they kind of brought the segment down. If it wasn't for them, it it would have been an elite, but it is what it is. The trios titles, I'm not sure if we really need to rank this, but I guess if I had to, I would say delete. The belts are getting, there's just, there's too many. Pack won a belt, a brand new belt, and we haven't seen them on TV since, except for, for highlight packages. And, well, what's the point? So, I don't know. There's just, let's call it with the belts. This transitions into a Dante interview backstage where he talks about his upcoming match with Sammy later in the night and he mentions that he knows Ty is going to be there in Sammy's corner so he needs someone in his corner too. Enter Sky Blue. Weird, awkward segment. I would have deleted this segment. Felt unnecessary. I, I understand what they're going for here. It's just, it's dumb. I I didn't care for it. Danhauser music hits and the crowd goes bananas. Rightfully so. It's Danhausen versus Ricky Starks for the FTW title. Pretty sure we know how this is going to end, but anytime we get Danhausen on screen is an exciting time. Love that Danhausen. Starks gets a pretty flashy promo package before the match. Reminded me of an old MJF package. Please come back. And then we get into the action, which lasts less than 90 seconds. It's another Danhausen squash. Danhausen just rolls out of the ring. Ricky grabs the mic, says, I want another challenger. Just like last week. But this time, he swears he means it. He really, he wants to go some more. That match was too quick, too easy. He wants another challenger. We linger for a second, but the lights drop. Hook's music hits. I was expecting Hook to make some kind of appearance during this. This is awesome. Hook makes his way to the ring, gets in the ring. Ricky looks upset, looks shocked, a little betrayed. Bell rings. I can't believe this match is actually happening. And my lord, these two put on just a great show. And it's only like a two-minute match. And it's just, it's great. It is phenomenal, and we end this thing with a brand new FTW champion. Hook, son of Taz, the guy that created the belt, now has the Fuck the World Championship, and holy mother of bejesus, this is awesome. I I can't believe this is happening. This segment is just filled with everything. The sadness of Danhausen getting squashed, the... Happiness, the joy of seeing Starks kind of come into his own. And then the shock of Hook taking the championship. This is just great. However, not perfect. I'm going to nitpick. 
I really feel like Tony struggles with storytelling sometimes. He's got too many things going on. He can't keep track of everything. Hook was involved with Team Taz in the very beginning. And they just kind of stopped hanging out with him. And it was never really addressed. Hook and Danhausen hooked up. <laughs> and uh, became a thing. We got Hookhausen. And then there was that one, I think, rampage where Hook was going to have a solos match and Danhausen's like, I'll be in your corner. And Hook's like, I got this. And then they were never together since. So when this Danhausen versus Ricky Starks match was announced, I knew Hook would be involved because there's a story just right there for us. But once Danhausen lost, we didn't see him again. Hook didn't encounter him on his way to or from the ring. There was nothing backstage with the two. Huge missed opportunity, in my opinion. Despite the flaws, I still like what they did, and I would give this an elite. I would say that this was in the elite section of the show. Some of the most entertaining stuff I've seen on Dynamite in a while, but it still could have been better. So, ah, I can't help but be picky because I love that Danhausen. After a commercial break, we cut back to Starks is still in the ring, but he's been joined by Hobbs and Tony Skivum for a quick interview. And I got to say, I I wasn't on board with Starks when, when he first showed up with AEW. He always felt like a cheap imitation of The Rock. There was always glimpses of him maybe being something a little more, something a little bigger. Uh, but he was still finding himself, and then he got injured, and then since he's been back from his injury, I think he's really come a long way. And then hooking up with Hobbs, those two are a great tag team. Love them. We get this very passionate speech from Ricky, and you can hear it in his voice. You can see it in his face. It's He's talking about it's his time. He's sick of hearing that his time will be soon. Because his time should have been last year. His time should have been right now. He's sick of waiting. He's sick of the excuses. This is his time to shine. And the crowd loves it. The crowd's buying into it. They were just all blindsided as Hobbs just lays him out cold. What? Just shock. Pure shock. What are we doing? What is happening? Why is this happening? You have this great tag team. And you just destroyed it. We could even go back a little bit and say there was another missed opportunity here because on Hook's way out after his FTW victory, he gave Ricky Starks a little fist bump. They they respect each other. We could have had a, another trios group right there. Ricky, Hobbs, and Hook. Unstoppable! If you're going to have trios, why not them? But that dream is dead. Hobbs just murdered it, left it laying dead right in the middle of the ring. And, and we have, like, no time to think about this. Elite section, I gotta say. That was definitely elite all the way. But we barely had time to let that simmer because we jumped backstage to an interview with the acclaimed. We go from intense emotion to a comedy bit. And everyone loves the acclaimed, self-included, scissory Scissor me, daddy ass. I, I, I love the acclaimed. But this segment couldn't have come at a worse time, unfortunately. They're backstage calling the ass boys the trash boys now. 
challenging them to another battle. I, 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 I was so in shock. I'm still not sure if they were challenging them to a rap battle or an actual fight this time. I don't know. I guess we'll find out because I think it's happening on Rampage. Guys, I'm still in shock over the that whole Danhausen Starks hook Hobbs section. Like what? Just wow. But shows gotta go on. The next match is Sammy versus Dante. They each walk out. Sammy walks out with Ty in his corner. Dante, as promised, walks out with Sky in his corner. This is a match that I think a lot of us were waiting for because both of them put on a banger of a show every time they're in the ring. They're both incredible athletes. As much as we all love to hate Sammy right now, guy can go. Absolutely go. Dante's inhuman, pretty sure. The match was pretty much everything I wanted it to be. They're all crazy reversals, crazy high spots. At some point, Dante is just dominating, and Sammy's like, I'm done. I can't deal with this. He grabs Ty, and they go to leave. They're heading up the ramp. They're just walking out on the match because it's not worth Sammy's time, I guess. But Dante is not having that. Ambushes him from behind. If you can call it an ambush, I don't know. Grabs him, and then spot of the night, throws Sammy off the side of the stage, and then just does this, like, 100-foot jump. I exaggerate by probably like 90 feet. I don't know. But either way, performs, executes a flawless move, lays out Sammy. Unfortunately, that's not enough. Sammy turns this around and comes out on top. <sighs> Freaking Sammy. And uh, that's not... Sammy's not done. Sammy decides that he wants to... Lay the hurt out on Dante some more because that's what bad guys do from the Jericho Appreciation Society. Um, and Sammy goes to do a move. Sky finally gets involved, jumps in the ring to block him. Ty grabs Sky. Anna Jay comes out. Ugh, why we get this nonsense? But it seems like it was all a setup. This whole Sky Blue thing felt pointless because it seems like it was just a setup to have. Ruby Soho and friends come out and save the day. Ruby's music hits. Kingston and friends, they all run out and they save Dante. And, and I, you know, this was a great segment. Only that ending just didn't, the ending didn't sit right with me. That's it. That's it. I'm still going to say it's an elite section of the show, but uh, they could have done something a little better with the ending. It's not like we got a Sky versus Ty match. We ended up with a Ruby versus Anna match, I think. Maybe for Rampage. I'm sure this is going to be a feud between all of them for a while, but that's what we've got for now. It is what it is. After this, we head backstage for some Ring of Honor shenanigans with Jay Lethal and his cohorts challenging the best friends to a trios match. Who could have seen this coming? Uh, finally gonna see some trios action since there are now trios belts. And it's pretty clear now why the best friends and Orange have been reunited because they were separated for so long, but they are a great trios group. Feels redundant, but you know what I'm saying. They are a great trios group and I, I'm glad they're back together. I would love for them to be the ones to get the titles. Probably won't happen. Maybe. We'll see in like a month or so i would say this interview was mid but it was a nice little ending with the best friends picking up orange and carrying him away 
just like dead meat. I don't know. That was that was fun. But we go from that interview to the ring where Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus spit some words at Christian with Tony Schiavone in the ring, standing there looking awkward as he usually does, and I love it. He's basically, Tony Schiavone is just a mic stand. He doesn't get to talk a lot. He just, he holds the mic. Sometimes people take the mic off of Tony. Sometimes they put it back on Tony, but he really doesn't get to talk. He's just kind of there as a prop, and it's, you know, Tony knows his role. It's great. Uh, Jungle Boy showing some passion, calling Christian Cage the pussy that he is. MJF light, I guess we should call him. We don't have MJF. He's trying to be MJF. It's not really working for me. Um, but Jungle Boy gets a huge pop. Luchasaurus awkwardly standing behind him. There's still that questionable tension, but he addresses it saying, look, we're best friends. Luchasaurus didn't have me around, kind of got lost with Christian they're still leaving it up in the air to where there could be a potential Lucha Saurus Jungle Boy match maybe down the road. I would hate to see those two break up, but it it would be a great match. But of course, despite being called a pussy and having run away last dynamite, Christian interrupts the interview from backstage through the big old not Titantron copyright TM nonsense. Uh <laughs> There's some audio issues there, clearly, because the in-ring folk do not hear the interruption right away. They talk over each other for quite a bit before I think somebody gets in their ear and says, Hey, look at the screen. And Christian's there to just say more what he thinks is awful stuff, but it's not working. I don't know. And then this fire segment ends kind of flat because... Jungle Boy just kind of stands there and takes it and doesn't really respond. So, as MJF would say, this is mid. I, I this this should be a fire feud, but it's it's not really. I don't know. Jungle Boy, great promo. Christian Cage brought it down. The ending brought it down even lower. It. Hopefully, this goes somewhere good. I think we're gonna get a good match out of it, but the promo itself mid wouldn't quite delete it though so that's something feels like it's been a bit since we've gotten a match but we cut backstage yet again where we find the young bucks hanging out and they're down in the dumps again they've lost their belts and they just they seemingly lost their way they they're the sad bucks now they're very sad super sad bucks and they're giving brandon cutler a hard time as per usual but it just I don't know. They, they, it seems like they're dealing with a little bit of depression here. Um, but here comes Hangman strolling by. And they they stop to say happy birthday. And they have this moment. And they say they've got something they've wanted to say for a while. They, uh, and you feel there's an apology about to happen. You, could, you know it's there. It's coming. We all want it. They got to reunite at some point. They got to bang it out, hash it out, hug it out, whatever they need to do. It has to happen. But it's it's dark blocked. Uh, the Dark Order shows up and they uh, were going to give Hangman some birthday cake, but they ate it all and they had a bowl of broccoli or something instead. I don't know. Very weird. 
So we end with a shot of the Bucks walking away sadly and Hangman kind of longingly looking over his shoulder from a distance. And that's the end of that. And I was amused by this segment. I think it's elite. Fantastic. I I want more of this, this weird dynamic between the Dark Order, or at least what's left of them, Hangman and the Young Bucks. Good stuff. Let, let's keep it going. So yeah, definitely elite. But time for another match. It's happening. We get Mark Sterling and his little plaything Tony Nice versus Swerve in a handicap match. Uh, again, we all know how this is going to end. It's still an absolutely entertaining match. Uh, I love Mark Sterling. Everything he's in is pretty much golden. Uh, nice is kind of like, I don't know, he's there. They keep trying to push him. It's really not working for me. But Swerve shines in this. Swerve is absolutely great. What an athlete. Pulling off some crazy, insane moves. Makes the best of this handicap match. And comes out victorious, of course. But it looks like this was all just a distraction. Because we cut backstage to see Keith Lee laid out by someone. And the announcers, I, I swear, I thought I heard somebody say Tony Woods. And then somebody said Josh Woods. I don't know what their name is. Either way, somebody seemingly related to Sterling and Nice took out Keith Lee. Maybe this is leading to a tag match, which would make sense since Swerve and Keith Lee are the tag champs. But either way, I'd say elite section. It was entertaining. Not the strongest point of the show, but definitely fun. Uh, in a show that's already been stacked, this was this was good. And... From here, we cut to a House of Black promo. Some of my favorite. I love these things. I love the way they're shot. I love the tone. Kind of still wish Malachi was solo, but I like Malachi and Brody together. It's, it's good stuff. Malachi seemingly trying to convince Miro to join him and the House of Black. Yes, please. Since Buddy Matthews is MIA... Rip, I guess. I don't know. Is he still in House of Black? Is he still in AEW? Who knows? Doesn't matter. Didn't add that much to the group anyways. Let's replace him with Miro. That would be great. Brody King then chimes in and says he's not done with Darby Allen and won't be until he's underground. He challenges Darby to a coffin match. Yes. I love that Darby has become Lil Taker. And is just now associated with coffin matches. I want all of these. Give them to me. The, yes, please. I don't know what it is. The chemistry between Darby and Brody King is undeniable. And I don't know how the size difference works with these two. But it does. I love it. I need more of it. Please give me more. Can't wait for this match. I, I don't think it was shown during the show, but I did see on Twitter where Brody King showed off a new tattoo of a gravestone that says, Here Lies Darby. And that's some commitment, y'all. Uh, oh, man. Love it. Absolutely elite section of the show. Come on. It's just an interview, and I it just it's setting up things that I can't wait to see. Probably going to get Malachi versus Miro. Hopefully that leads to an induction of Miro to the House of Black. Getting another match of Brody versus Darby. But 
the stakes of a coffin match. Come on, this is great stuff. I mentioned earlier that we never see Pac anymore now that he got the brand new shiny Tony belt. I think many of us feel that Pac is good enough to be in the main title picture, but Tony Khan, I guess, doesn't feel the same way, so he created this title for Pac. I don't know. Uh, that's the cynic in me. That's what it feels like. But we just get a highlight video of Pac defending the belt in another organization. Yet again, they barely show anything. They barely talk about it. It's almost like Pac's not part of the organization anymore. This feels weird. I would definitely delete this section. I would delete that title. It's unnecessary. It's adding literally nothing to the weekly show. We follow that up with a promo package of Thunder versus Miu in another organization where Miu actually got the pin. Unlike the first match where nobody could explain to me why Mox was challenging somebody not in the top five. I understand why this match is happening. This is a women's world championship title match. Thunder versus Miu. Miu pinned Thunder in a different organization I think that that's justification right there for a match for the title on Dynamite. Let's go. Let's see what let's see what these two have got. And what a banger of a match. Absolutely just great wrestling from top to bottom. Crowd seemed into it. I loved every freaking second of it. Didn't even know who this person was. I did I, I wasn't familiar with Miyu before this. I didn't think Miyu would come out on top, but I also there's that small part of me that hopes at some point somebody outside of the organization wins one of these belts just to spice things up a little bit. I didn't think it would be this, but I was hoping, I don't know, just a little bit that it could happen. But no, uh, Thunder retains, of course. Uh, noticed at the end that, that Thunder was wearing a gold mouth guard. I don't think Thunder... Rosa typically wears a mouth guard, but Miyu has a lot of strikes, a lot of karate background, and I wonder if that was why, or if there was something else going on, or maybe it's just a new look. I don't know. Either way, absolutely elite section. Love the match. Give us some more of that. Miyu, Tony, sign Miyu. I don't know if that's even an option, but it, it should be. Let's make this happen. Somehow, we go from that match into the main event. We got Garcia versus Brian Danielson. Now let's take a second here. I need to I need to stop. I need to bring it down. Need to bash Tony Khan a little bit for the structure of this show. You got two world championships on the line during Dynamite. You open the show with one of them and your second to last match is one of them. And then your main event is just some random match between Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia. It's going to be a banger of a match. This is Brian Danielson's big return. Honestly, should have probably opened the show with this. However, I do understand. We'll get to it. I understand why it was laid out the way it was. But sometimes, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like titles don't matter that much to Tony. There's a million of them to be had. <laughs> Gee, can you tell I think there's too many titles? And they just don't seem that relevant. They just seem like other matches. They just seem like every other match. There's 
nothing special about the title matches. Anybody can challenge for them, seemingly, and they can be during any point in the show. They they don't matter. They it's it's sad, but really, a lot of times I find myself saying, "Wait, who has the belt right now?" Moving on, the match. The match was great. We knew it would be great. Danielson versus Garcia. Wow. Um, Playing off the idea that maybe Danielson came back a little too early, gets injured early on in the match. That becomes a big part of the story of the match. And sells it well. Absolutely well. And Danielson just lays it on thick. Garcia goes for that weakness and is just relentless. Making him look like a monster. Making him look like... He should be part of the Carpool Combat Club. Blackpool Combat Club. You know what I'm saying? This is probably the most vicious I've seen Garcia. We got a guy that we know has had injuries. Really just got back from a legit injury. Does a great job of faking an injury mid-match. I think faking an injury. And Garcia just going right after it. And completely decimating Danielson. And wow... Um, somehow, I, I know, okay, Garcia wins by submission. Danielson doesn't tap out. He passes out. The one thing that bothered me is what caused the finish is somebody reaches out from under the ring and grabs Danielson's leg as he's trying to get back in the ring. And that is enough for Garcia to get the advantage. Garcia already had the advantage. That part was pointless. It was just... It was something for Hager to do. Hager feels like he's always just kind of there. I think it was just a way for him and Jericho Appreciation Society to be involved. We didn't need that to happen. I think it would have made Garcia look better if that didn't happen. But it did. It didn't hurt it too much. I just wish they would have left that element out. Absolutely just brutal match from start to finish and Garcia shined the whole freaking way through and seeing the end we now know why this went on last this whole episode has been about the Jericho Appreciation Society let's be real Jazz starts the show by challenging Jericho challenging for the title We have the Sammy-Dante match setting up some future stuff. And then we finish with this Garcia-Danielson match. And this feud between the two groups is far from over. It's a shame Danielson missed out on so many matches during this feud. And I think that's why it's going to stick around a little bit longer. And I'm cool with it. This was definitely an elite for me. I loved it. Overall, this show, elite. Great, phenomenal, fun episode. I can't wait to see where some of these storylines go. Who Who's Hook going to challenge first? Did Danhausen crawl back under the ring and does he live there again? After his loss, like, what's the story there? He was living there for a while. Maybe he moved back in. Uh, maybe he'll come back out a little more evil and a little less nice. Will Mox finally face a top five contender we'll see maybe someday stuff's getting crazy and um this was one of the best episodes of dynamite for me in a while and i i i I can't wait for more um let me know what you guys thought 
please rate and review the podcast. This is my first one. Really happy to be doing this show. AEW got me back into wrestling after many, many, many years of not watching. I was there for the Attitude Era. Fell out after, probably as the BG Era was starting. And AEW is great. Been back. Uh, Love it. Doesn't mean I won't critique it. I will always speak my mind. And I hope you'll come along on the journey with me. Make sure to rate and subscribe, please. And you can follow the 